Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am excited to be here with you on this beautiful Saturday, and wherever it is that you may be, whatever time of day it may be, or it may be a different day, thank you so much for making us part of your day. As always, we are excited to bring you some amazing guests, amazing conversations, so that we can all learn from one another. And as you know, the mission, the vision, and the passion of My EdTech Life is to connect educators and creators one show at a time and today it's a great show i am excited because this is a show that has been probably in the works for a long time but schedules haven't quite worked out and of course transitions and changes you know take place and so on but i am honored i am excited i am blessed i am happy and pumped up to have a wonderful educator a wonderful creator a wonderful connector of people Mr. Scott Noons on the show today, and I am excited. Scott, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Oh, I am truly blessed. I did a lot of reflecting this morning and just oh so blessed. As you mentioned, like the schedules have been crazy. It's been a whirlwind of just excitement, like pain, struggle, like all of that. But it's been like so beautifully messy it's like organized chaos uh it, it's been a wild ride uh to get to where i'm at with canva and just like i mentioned earlier uh still getting my sea legs with canva but it's it's been awesome and an absolute pleasure to be on the show real quick i know this isn't the space for it but I want to highlight the show and the impact it's had on so many people. You've had such a great lineup. You've had on Amber Trout, our buddy Steve Martinez, Vernon Wright, um, you know, the right leader, Zero Apology Zone, like one of my great buddies that's been in it to win it since the beginning of my my journey on social media. And so many others, Sean Carippo, right? George Kuros. Uh, Katie Novak, the list goes on and on. Just, I am blessed and honored to be here. Man, thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. And we're definitely getting a lot of love this morning. We've got Tim. Tim, thank you so much for joining us from Jersey. We've got Lois also who's joining us with Alex from New Jersey as well. A lot of wonderful talent in New Jersey area there in the East Coast. Steve also, thank you so much, Steve. And Melissa, hey, Melissa. Yeah, yeah, Shout out to another Google innovator from VIA20. Thank you so much for the love and for being here on the show. And of course, you're welcome to join in with any questions or any comments and so on. But uh, thank you so much for being here. Scott, so again, I mean, people know who you are. Vi visually, they know the beard. They know who you are. They've seen you at conferences. They've seen you doing Canva. They've seen you all of that. But as always, you know, I always love to start the show with that superhero origin story. And I just love to get down in deep to get to know people. And most importantly, so our audience can relate to you and make that connection uh, with you. So if you can tell us a little bit about just your education journey, where it all started, and most importantly, did you want to go into education or was it something that you kind of, uh, you know, fell into and then grew in there? Yeah, that's a great question. It's definitely something I fell into. I think like any good superhero origin story, like I, I'm a former ELA teacher, did that for a number of years. Um, in Modesto, California, and in the Central Valley. And I often find in at least many modern superhero stories, there's like this reluctance to join, like the call to action, right? There, 
there's a mission in front of them, but they're hesitant to rise to the occasion and do it. That was education for me, like reflecting back. Um, I had no intentions of being in education. I'm a former graphic designer, 20 plus years, taught myself how to code when I was 12. And when I was 14 in high school, uh, I started a graphic design business and I failed a ton. I can say that now because I've grown in my journey thanks to folks like Carol Dweck, right? You know, the growth mindset. I know that's kind of falling out of favor, but it had such a profound impact on me. The growth mindset, the power of yet just, I had a professor when I was in college who said, if you could dream it, you can do it. And I love sharing that about my current product because I've lived that. I've learned to encapsulate that mantra of Walt Disney into my own life. I thought it was hokum at first. I thought, well, what, what is this kind of soft screen? Like, what, what is this? This can't be possible. But she planted a seed almost 20 years ago, uh, getting up there up the gray hair. So about 15 to 20 years ago, somewhere in there, she said those words and they really stuck with me because they were profound. And they had a big impact on me. Like, if I can dream it, I can do it. But here I am failing with all this graphic design. This was in a multimedia journalism class over at Cuesta College uh, in San Luis Obispo. Great campus, beautiful area. I lived there. I failed with that, too. I got into Cal Poly, this great university, and I didn't end up going. I was so busy working and juggling my finances. I failed. I had to put myself through college. Uh, largely, my parents definitely did help out, but I wasn't the type of student that had scholarships. Uh, my parents are immigrants. And so I'm the first person, um, I, I think, on um, my mom's side of the family to, to graduate out of like the grandkids. And then uh, my uncle did graduate. Uh, and my mom eventually graduated after me. So that's kind of cool. It's never too late to, uh, to start, but that failure really prepped me to share with my students, with my community. And I've just grown each step of the way. So I started coaching swim and it was there that I started kind of getting people encouraging me to get in education or when I majored in English, they're like, Hey, all you can do is teach. Are you going to be a teacher? I'm like, no, I hate teaching. Like there's, there's like, why would I do that? It's such a horrible profession. I spoke so ill of the profession because I knew nothing about it. And I had poor experiences and that's why I teach. I don't have a lot of those like, Oh, Hey, so-and-so inspired me to do this or so-and-so inspired me to do that. Really it's the negative experiences that inspired me to teach and to improve and be passionate about what I do. It's, um, I did have a great third grade teacher, shout out to Mr. Fisher. Um, this journey allowed me to connect with my first grade teacher, Miss uh, Giordano. She's still teaching as far as I know. Um, and uh, I was in her first class ever, I found out. So that was pretty cool. She was a first year teacher. When I had her, I had no idea when I was in first grade uh, that she was, but she was awesome. And, uh, you know, so those teachers really impacted me. There were some in high school that that were pretty great. Mr. Joe Stad, my social um, science teacher, he was pretty great. Um, but other than that, there weren't a whole lot of role models for me. As far as how to be a great teacher, they didn't really move the needle for me. Miss Hamburger did, my ninth grade uh, English teacher. Um, she kept my love of reading alive for a little bit, and then it was squashed right after ninth grade. So shout out to her um, as well. But it was really like the negative experiences. And now I realize those folks, yeah, they failed a ton. I think they were really burnt out educators and they were just showing up not even necessarily because that's where they wanted to be but because they were let down nobody encouraged them nobody supported them they were out there all by their lonesome and maybe those in their own pln didn't encourage them to 
aspire to be greater than what they were, right? They just accepted this. This is hard. I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm just going to show up, do my paycheck, do the same curriculum over and over and over again, um, every year, you know, for 20, 30 years, however long they're there, unless somebody forced them to change, which, you know, back then that really didn't happen when you and I were in school. So it's good that, you know, we do reinvigorate the curriculum and then in 2008, 2009, the economy crashed. And so did my career in graphic design. I wasn't the best. I would say, uh, you know, I'm mediocre. Um, I had passion and drive, but I definitely had a huge skill gap. And one of my greatest areas of weakness was my network. So I had a small local network, but I didn't have a broad network across the industry, across the state. And so when you know, all my jobs dried up and I was freelancing and struggling. People weren't hiring me because they didn't know me. They didn't know my work. I didn't have a great portfolio to share out. A lot of the designs were private that I did for clients and they didn't share them back out. I didn't get their permission to showcase my own work. And so I learned from that when I got into education, like right away, uh, it, uh, I created Mr. News teach. I'm like, okay, I got to be better about branding. And I felt really inspired. I forget the name of the conference, but it was in 2015. I attended this conference and Ernie Hudson, um, from the Ghostbusters was one of the keynotes and Kelly Gallagher who teaches over in SoCal. He's an ELA professor. They taught and that was an amazing conference. And his words really stuck with me. He said, um, you need to be a light. I'm totally paraphrasing it and butchering it. It was very eloquent the way he said it, but I remember that, that key piece, like, okay, even on my worst day, like I just need to stay positive and be a light for these students. So I always sought to do that. Of course we make mistakes, right? And the job is, is tough, but, um, when the economy tanked, I had to look for something different. I'm like, I'm tired of struggling. I struggled for a few more years. And then, um, as I was coaching on the side, parents kept telling me, Hey, you should do this teaching thing. And I kept saying no. And eventually once the gigs dried up and, um, I was doing other side hustles, like selling books on Amazon and eBay for profit, had a good little thing going there, but it was a ton of work and wasn't really worth it per hour. Uh, it's like, you know what, what about teaching or nursing and took courses for both and day one of those teaching courses, I knew like, this is my jam. Like I just fell in love with it, dropped all the nursing courses and, uh, I've been all in ever since. So I went from an ELA teacher, did that for about, um, five years or so. And then, uh, went into ed tech. Uh, specifically or primarily as an instructional coach. And now I'm here with, with Canva. It's been an amazing journey. That has been a great journey, uh, Scott. And I really appreciate you sharing that because, I mean, that goes way deep. And what I love about this is, I mean, you, a lot of people don't know your story or don't know our stories because, I mean, we just run into each other shortly or briefly at conferences and things of that sort. But th this is amazing. And just hearing your path into education. And most importantly, I really appreciate you opening up to just being honest also and, and letting us know your struggles too during those times of, you know, gra doing graphic design and how things didn't turn out well. But it's, it just seems like all those failures, like my friend Al Kingsley says, were stepping stones to your success, which getting into education, having a passion for helping, you know, that heart that you have, and then moving into ed tech. And now going into Canva, it just seems like a really nice, on the outside, it seems like a very nice natural progression. Like, oh, wow, like that, like anybody can do that, but they don't hear like those struggles and all that work. They, they, they see the polished refined product right now, like that, I, that we see in front of us. And, but those struggles were there. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I really appreciate that. So going back to teaching though, I, I want to go back and just get a little curious because I always like to ask too as well, your yourself now, if you can go back to your first year teacher, you, what would be the best advice that you can give yourself? 
Ooh, I think it was advice um, I got and I kind of took, but didn't fully take, um, you know, just keep it simple. Don't try to do too much. And that's something I'm still learning. It's still trying to apply here at Canva. Uh, I'm very ambitious, have big goals, hopes, dreams, right? My, my big Canva principle that I fell in love with, they have these six principles and one is set crazy big goals and then make them happen. So I'd love to do that. And I wanted to do that in education. I'm like, not going to be one of those educators that earns out. Like I will not, like I have resilience, like growth mindset. Um, you know, if I don't know something yet, I'm going to work to learn that thing and to persevere. But teaching is very demanding and you have to pace yourself. So I would say for those that may be a little ambitious, like me, they want to get out there, know thyself and push yourself. Also, stay balanced. It's okay to go slow. It's okay. Um, yes, we want to go beyond surviving and get into thriving, but you don't have to be in a race to become like teacher of the year, your first year out the gate. Learn the profession, talk to folks, network. That's the biggest thing. Um, networking is huge and then develop your classroom report. I was going to say classroom management. So that's what has shifted. I wouldn't say it's management, it's rapport. Be you figure out your style, you know, that whole don't smile till November kind of thing, throw that out the window, be you, be authentic, be genuine and find a good mentor. I am so blessed. I couldn't have picked a better mentor. Uh, so shout out to Ryan Farina. Um, he's not on the social media scene, but he's like the best kept secret at Modesto City Schools. <laughs> That's wonderful. And we getting a, I want to give a special shout out to my great friend, Gerardo Navarrete, who's joining us from Campeche, Mexico. So Gerardo, thank you so much for joining. And my great friend, Kevin Doherty, thank you so much, Kevin, for joining here. And I really love what Tim said here. So I'm going to share this. It says, you know, simplifying things, going back to what you said, uh, uh, Scott, you know, simplifying can usually end up solving a lot of issues as opposed to filling the plate more. So, yeah, you know, just I, I love what you said, you know, just keeping it simple, taking it one day at a time. And of course, that whole no smile till November, you know. It's just you be you. I think that's probably the best thing that you can do and just be authentic and genuine. So I definitely agree with you on those points that you said. All right. So, Scott, now let's go ahead and just transition a little bit. I know we've already talked about this and many people are familiar now with your work that you're doing now with Canva. But let us know just a little bit about how that transition, you know, and how you felt, you know, maybe maybe for a lot of teachers that are out there right now that may be feeling that urge or feeling that, you know, maybe it, it's time to kind of shift or pivot. Where did you land as far as, okay, this is going to be the right move? Was it something that was completely thought of? Is it something that you had already been, you know, planning out? Just if you can tell us a little bit about that, because I think that would definitely help a lot of educators that are out there that may be thinking about this. Yeah. This is a tough question and it's funny. I had an answer prepped for that <laughs> because I have to decide how real am I going to be right? Um, it's a tricky situation. It was a very complex. Um, there were lots of challenges. I'll simplify it that way. There were numerous challenges and I had some things in my life, like one of my good friends, David, he got COVID and he almost died. And like, like my buddy, Steve, you know, we're about the same age. We're both Latino. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have families and when he almost died, it really did shake me up. I'm like having to go into all of these different classrooms and sub. You know, um, like just being overweight, like just keeping it real, like I'm at a like higher risk, you know, high risk. My wife's a nurse, my mom's a nurse, 
And they really cautioned me like, hey, you got to be careful. Like you are in that demographic. Like if something can happen, you know, it could happen to you. And that really freaked me out seeing that happen to my friend and seeing him struggle. Like he's still struggling um, right now. Uh, he, he's blessed to be back at work, but that was a, a whole thing for him. And so that really um, got me. And I remember telling my boss, hey, I'm like putting in like 100, 120%, like everything I got and then some. I'm working from 6 a.m. till 10 at night and every day there was more and more on my plate. Like, can you help me? And the solution was no. And I'm not trying to defer blame on anyone on the system, on the school, on my boss. It's just the situation. It's just what it is right now and what it has been. For the last two years and so i knew there was no end in sight part of my four to six year plan was to work for an ed tech company or at least have that be an option i really like working in the classroom i really loved being an instructional technology coach because i was able to extend my reach and with the consulting work i was doing with the speaking i was doing that really um lent itself well to those other endeavors, which I find really fulfilling. I love PD. So being able to give PD was great. And when this opportunity with Canva rose, I saw an opportunity to go from supporting over a hundred tools to supporting one great tool, one tool I'm very passionate about. And that goes back to my roots. Um, when I was 12, 12 year old Scott, uh, I wanted to work for a startup, some place like Canva that was exciting, you know, on the cutting edge, had a great tool that I believed in and I could be a part of something bigger than me, be part of something that's going to have such a huge impact and maybe have a financial benefit as well. Um, my dad worked in the Bay Area, still still does. And so we we saw like, the rise and fall of all these ed tech or not just ed tech, but tech companies. And, um, I fell in love with Canva. I used to be a big fan of another product suite, used it for 20 plus years in my, um, my graphic design career and even in education. But when I saw how simple and intuitive Canva was, and I was challenged to revisit it, I, I remember, uh, our buddy, Eric Geis. <laughs> challenged me um, and was like, okay, all, all of those things sound great um, with this other tool that you're using, but when was the last time you jumped into Canva? And I had to admit, you know, it'd been a couple years and I jumped back in, started actually using it and playing with it, trying to do like a fair comparison. And uh, I was a convert <laughs> and uh, I was really converted um with a student that used it in 20 2020 right before the pandemic in february and this student in a nutshell was really struggling academically and uh, you know just like d's and f's across the board in all of their classes and then i showed them canva for a pbl project we were doing where they had to learn a new skill help their community and connect it to ELA standards. So get in the common core standards. Absolutely missed that project because it was just amazing to see what these students would come up with and see how they would really take this student inquiry and just create new things, like just go off the rails. And this student fell in love with Canva in five minutes, showed the student the basics of the tool, Student came back with a logo design, put it all in hoodies and t-shirts uh, via teespring.com. And so there was no upfront cost, sold 60 hoodies, 40 t-shirts, and raised $2,500 for organizations like Ronald McDonald House. Um, so just a huge impact. And the student did that in six weeks. Um, granted, that's like, you know, the pinnacle, but I'm like, this is possible. Had 12-year-old. 14 year old Scott had something like this. My skill gap would have been lessened. Canva takes the guesswork 
out, if you allow it with its templates, with its element library, like I could do so much. I could empower so many educators with this, that, um, I actually took a significant pay cut to come over to Canva because I believe in it so much. Not everything is about money. I like money. I got a bunch of kids, got to pay for, got a mortgage. Um, but it was worth the cost to me to move cross country from California to, uh, be stationed in Texas. And, um, I don't regret it. I absolutely love it. It's still hard work. Uh, we still go with the ebbs and flows yeah. of education, right? There's a huge demand right now. So I can still relate. I jumped into my inbox this morning and uh, took care of things yesterday and it's already flooded with requests. So it's a good challenge to have, um, but I love it. I'm able to empower so many educators and to be part of a growing startup. It's like, I'm really living my dream, right? That whole mantra of you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah, it took me 20 plus years to do it. But I always held on to that childhood dream. It was always in the background. And it wasn't until I made it a priority that it actually happened. So I share that. Like, if you want something bad enough, you can yeah. have it if you're willing to put the work in in the time. And it doesn't come overnight. This was six years uh, that it took me to be able to get here. And it was a lot of late nights, early mornings, you know, missing out on vacations, family things, a lot of out-of-pocket money going to things like ISTE, um, all of that, but so worth it to find a place where I belong, can make an impact and to do what I love, which is to be with teachers, train teachers and share out great tools. I love it, Scott. I mean, and really everything that you have said I can definitely attest to because I have seen you. I have seen the way you are prior to Canva. I've seen the way you are now with Canva. And you're still bringing that same energy, that same passion with that goal in mind to just help educators. I mean, you're definitely an example of servant leadership and being able to go out there and serve your education, education community, moving that education needle forward. And, you know, a lot of things that you're hitting on is giving educators time back. So if there is an instrument mm -hmm. that is out there, you know, and a, a tool that can help. And, and usually along the trainings that I do with teachers is I'm always looking to see how can I get you some time back and, and not time back to do other paperwork or do this, but just time right. back to just sit and sometimes just breathe, sit at the end of the day and just breathe and relax and, and, and reflect. But I'm really excited about the work that you're doing. And and honestly, you know, you definitely hit the ground running coming in from California. I know that that was a whole story all on its own that, you know, in, in our boxer group you shared. But, you know, Scott, going a little bit into that, you know, network is important. And the community that you, that you and I have that as together as a community, as a PLF and other educators and podcasters to be able to rally around you and help during this time of transition, because I don't know if, if that would be a little, if you want to share a little bit about what yeah. happened there. Well, thanks for the opportunity again. In a nutshell, what happened was, um, when we moved, our stuff was held hostage for a while and, uh, we moved to Texas and we didn't have anything. And a lot of folks noticed I wasn't posting on social media. They were doing like wellness checks, which I love, right? Like, Hey, are you okay? Uh, do you need anything? And I, I started sharing with some folks candidly, like, Hey, here's what's going on. We don't have our stuff. Like we're, we're scrambling. Like, um, day one, uh, I went out to Costco and bought us all new beds because I didn't want us to sleep on the floor. Like, well, yeah, we could have done that, but I'm a bunch of kids. I didn't want that for them. And then we were having to eat out. Uh, so the caught, if you eat out for every meal, boy, wow. The costs are astronomical. And I didn't want to stay in a hotel. We did that one day to kind of just get our sea legs. But then the next day it's like, okay, we're, we're buying beds. Our stuff, you know, is not there. Um, and the company wasn't responding. So I was doing 
like filed the police report, got the credit card company involved and, um, shout out to, you know, um, I like that you went from PLN to PLF, right? Professional learning family, like that, that term from, uh, Dr. Sarah Thomas, or, um, I believe she's the one that, that coined it such a great term because, and I didn't believe in this for a long time. Um, but really your network can be like family, totally 100%. And I felt that. And here's why folks from my PLF. So shout out to Tisha Richmond, um, Jamie Elman, you know, those, those two, uh, Carly Mora, those, those three really helped put together like an Amazon wish list for me with, with my wife, they worked together, you know, what do we need? Um, I, I did like a social media post. They retweeted it, shared it out in all these different networks and educators from all around the globe, literally, mostly in the US, but all around the globe, Canada, Colombia, even donated stuff so that we could have some comfort, be able to settle in. Our good buddy Claudio donated some stuff. Shout out to Aaron Tiger and her family. They were absolutely instrumental. Shout out to our friend Jamie Donnelly, who I know you know well. Uh, amazing. Her family just really welcomed in our family, looked after us. So we're forever grateful for that. I mean, Texans, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. You know, they have huge hearts. Everything is bigger in Texas. As they say, the bugs, right? I got bit by ants this morning. They are no joke. These fire ants over here. My fingers are still burning from smashing them, uh, off my leg. And, um, <laughs> But Texans had huge hearts and they gave of themselves so much so that we could hit the ground running and work in this new job, being it, you know, away from all of our friends, all of our family. It was amazing. And so definitely develop your network because you need to have your network established before you need your network. If I needed, that's what I learned. So when the economy tanked, I didn't have that network. I started to build it, but it was too late. Nobody knew me. I was in a time of need, but had I had that bolstered network ahead of time, when I needed it, I could have called on, you know, maybe another graphic designer somewhere and they could have sent some clients my way, or maybe let me know about some internal job offerings because there were opportunities. Um, there are opportunities right now, but you have to know how to network, leverage yourself and showcase your skills. I'm still learning all the time, uh, how to do that and helping others do that as well. So thanks for sharing that out. Our network is just amazing. And I'd be remiss if I didn't admit, I don't think I would have survived this whole ordeal. I, this could have been a very messy situation. It was by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life right after my grandmother died uh, in February. And then a week later, um, right after the funeral, my wife's grandmother passed. And so then she flew out. And um, I, I will share this piece. It was a rough quarter. I was in last place <laughs> in terms of sales, but, uh, you know, persistence, hard work, tenacity, all those skills we want for our students and innovation, right? The four C's, um, that allowed me to meet my goals for quarter one. And then I far exceeded it for this quarter, touched the number one spot, have just been kicking butt, taking names, um, at Canva and just love, love sharing and empowering. So, um, you know, life can be rough, but you got to stick with it. And I learned a lesson from one of my, my buddies recently who just had a travesty happen and, uh, was it due to anything they did? Um, and somebody did them dirty, uh, and it was very unfortunate. And that person took it with such grace and in, in stride and they're just moving forward. Those things are going to happen. And, um, you know, 
you just got to keep moving forward when that happens. It's life. Sometimes it doesn't go your way and these hardships happen, but lean on your network, develop it. Now, if you don't have one or continue to grow it, so you too can be supported and have these amazing experiences like I've had. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on that. If it hasn't been for my PLF and just getting to connect with people, you know, the, this show wouldn't be where it is today. You know, just the, the friends, the, the stories that I hear, the learning that I do. Most importantly, you know, this all started just because I, I wanted to learn from people and it really seen it as my 45 minutes of personal PD that I get to share with the world. But the connections have gone beyond just these 45 minutes of the show and with many educators such as yourself being connected prior to the show and just to be able to finally have a conversation. It, you know, it, it's so important. And just to be able to help each other through these tough situations is definitely worth it. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited and really thankful, Scott, the, the work that you're doing. And, and this story, like right now that you mentioned, you know, one thing that I wanted to highlight is everything that you've gone through is essentially really what we're supposed to be training our students for during school right. to help them with these future of work skills to improvise, adapt and overcome difficult situations and these barriers. And of course, you know, using tools such as Canva, uh, you know, other ed tech tools so they can get familiar with the workforce of, you know, that'll be coming in their future for them. And I'm sure that you use more than just Canva, obviously that that's what you show, but I mean, you've got other, you know, apps that you use and other tech, you know, for metrics and all of those things. So I mean, it is important that we tie in that ed tech, um, you know, component into our courses at such a young age, too. I mean, it, I know right. that the TEKS, the TEKS are going to be changing in Texas. So just to let you know, in the 2024, 20, 25 school year, it, I mean, they're going to have to be embedded, you know, K through 12. And they're going to be a little bit more extensive and a lot more computational thinking uh, driven, which is great, you know. But oftentimes I feel that teachers, too, we need to make sure that we prepare them as well because, they're the ones that, uh, you know, have the students in class. So again, thank you so much for what you do, you know, through Canva. And I did want to give us very special shout out to Canva. I did post this yesterday, but I mean, talking about the ease of use and a one-stop shop, you know, so I printed out my new thank you cards for all their guests. So I did this with Canva, printed, I, you know, I sent the print in yeah. and in about like two or three days, I ended up getting my printouts and everything and I'm good and I also I'm getting ready and to personalize these so guys all of these are going to be handwritten it may look a little messy but it, it'll be something special for y'all and of course Scott you're definitely going to get one of these and you'll just shoot me your address afterwards and I can get you that but thank you so much as always for the work the passion the heart your genuine genuineness authenticity just the overall amazing person that you are. It has been an honor and a pleasure to connect with you and being able to see you at TCEA this past year yeah, and shake right. your hand and give you a hug. Yeah. And just take a pic. I mean, I've never met you in person. All, everything was through Voxer, through Twitter, but it just felt like we just clicked and we just, you know, took off right off like where we left off, like if we were friends for, for a long time. So I thank you because... You are a great educator in that sense that I can testify and say that the way you are and you handle yourself on social media is the exact same way that you are in person. And that really means a lot to me. So thank you so much, Scott, for being thank the way you, you are. It, it means a lot. And shout out again to Jamie Donnelly, right? Uh, connecting us through the Pathfinders program. Yeah. Rapid Identity, such a great PLF to be a part of just um, the way she has constructed that. It is a totally unique influencer network. Shout out to Tim Cavey, right, for connecting yeah. us on Boxer yeah. through the Edu Podcaster Network. We're a part of, shout out to everybody who's, who's in there. There's too many to list, but um, that, those groups have been so influential um and keep driving me the amount of content you're able to do man just i'm a little envious <laughs> i'm just blown away just how how i don't know how you do it uh you know we we might come back to that yeah. i gotta have you on my podcast as that's well that's right 
flush that out a little bit there, but yeah, we can have more, um, the compliment. I do try to be real, um, you know, it, it's hard sometimes and just being vulnerable. Um, and you know, I have my struggles too. People see everything on Twitter. Oh, it looks like you're doing great. You're doing so great. Well, wasn't doing so great this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even the last two years, it's been rough. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fon. Oh, no, I was going to say, in the, and that's kind of like what we had mentioned earlier. You know, people see that polished, refined product on social media, but they don't realize, you know, the work that goes into it. And like you mentioned, the, those hardships and those things that, that come about. But, you know, I, I'm just glad that you are here. You're, you're in Texas and we love you, Scott. And I'm just glad, like I said, you know, the success that you're having. And um, as we wrap up the show, because I know that you've got another commitment, so I want to make sure that I honor your time. But, you know, this episode really filled my heart with a lot of joy. The fact that I got to speak with you and just share out and like lifelong friends. And that's what we are now. I consider you my lifelong friend. So I'm thank you for that. But before we end, Scott, you know, the last three questions that I always love to ask my podcast guests. So let's go ahead and get ready into the three question segment with question number one. In the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? (laughs) Uh, I don't know how this is going to come off. Hopefully it comes off well. Uh, It's the fact that I care too much i care so much about our community and helping people i i coach people on the side for free for right now because i know so many folks are hurting and uh some of the key pieces of advice i give are like you know kind of where where are you like if people are towards the end of their career say just tough it out right our pensions are pretty great just tough it out and stick with it. If you have like five, 10 years to go, you're over the hump. If you can't take it mentally, you know, take a breather, uh, find something before you quit if you can. And again, build your network. You know, so many of our friends are finding jobs. Um, Kyle Nemus, right, just posted he's working for quizzes. Steve is working for Tammy, just uh, uh, Manny is working for head puzzle. These are great folks. And, you know, that being said, like, we also got to just band together and push from wherever we can to get in front of legislators, those that actually have the real power and the funds to bring about effective, positive change. If we can come together as educators on some key principles, um, we can bring about permanent positive change. I'm all for doing that in like, I don't know, like a a safe manner. (laughs) I guess I I like working through the system and, and being positive and following the channels that exist, even though they seemingly may not work. I'm confident having talked with some different individuals higher up in the legislative realm. We just, we need to keep knocking on those doors and pushing and having tenacity. Like if we can band together and do that collectively, you know, our hopes and dreams will come true. Um, so, so keep asking great questions, keep powering through and, um, you know, lean on each other and, you know, feel free to message me, DM me, you know, and, and we can chat too. If you want to know what it's like being on this other side, you know, I extend that to the listeners as well. Excellent. Real quick, before the next question, I just want to give a shout out to Raf Peters, who's joining us from Belgium. Um, you know, he finally made a live show and he's a big fan of the show. So thank you, Raf. I really appreciate you so much. All right, Scott, number two, question number two, if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh, I thought about this one too. Um, you know, people will ask me things like this. And honestly, I'm such a weak individual. <laughs> so, so, so weak and so blessed that, um, you know, ideally I would have something about the power of prayer. 
I, I, I see folks posting like, Hey, you know, quit talking about, you know, thoughts and prayers. And while I kind of get that, like prayer is everything for me. I'm the only way I'm able to exist and persist and grow is through prayer. I'm an extremely weak and unempowered individual. And it's only through prayer and by the grace of God that I'm able to do anything sincerely. I, I believe that 100%. Um, but kind of going to ed tech items, um, I would say just don't undervalue the power of the PL or the PLF. Just do it, you know, trust in the process of that because you need your network. Uh, so I'd have that. And then like a sub headline, like build your network before you need it. So it's there when you need it. Yes. <laughs> right. So get, get a PLN and then have that sub line right underneath it. Love it. Love it. All right. Last question, my friend. And I know you, we just mentioned it. Maybe there'll be a chance that I get to be on your show, but let's pretend that this was your show today yeah. and I am your guest. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? Yeah. I'm going to save the question with how you do everything you do for my show. So start thinking about that. But, um, I would ask, you know, who are like one to three people in your network that you could shout out? I know it's a super hard question to limit it to one to three, but who are some folks you could shout out that have greatly impacted you? Okay, greatly impacted me. So for sure, I'm going to give number one kudos shout out to Chris Nessie. All right, so big shout out to Chris oh, Nessie. Is podcasting. Okay. Yes. yes, Chris Nessie really is the one who really got me started on this and the, the way he was available to answer any of my wow. questions and you know to this day you know the the success that i have is just because he just really nudged me to just say hey, push record and that's it and just take off from there so number one would be chris nessie number two i'm gonna definitely say jamie donnelly jamie donnelly has been a, like a mentor like every Thank time you. i run into her it is again picking up right where we left off and she's always been looking out for me and sometimes i may not even know that she's looking out for me but sometimes i'll I, when i run into her or you know i have a question she's like hey i was just thinking about you and maybe try this or do this or do this or and so big shout out to jamie donnelly and number three i would probably have to give another shout out to let me see. That one's a tough one, like in three. So I'm going to go with four. Okay. Real quick. Okay. So then okay. for number three, I'm going to definitely going to go with Katie Novak. So that'll be number three. Katie Novak has been amazing, an amazing supporter and just wonderful. The energy that she brings to the show. And for number five, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a shout out to the tech rabbi, Michael Cohen. Yeah. Well, so the tech rabbi, big shout out to the tech rabbi right now with the amazing work that he's doing with Web3 right. and NFTs and the Education DAO. I want to give a big shout out because the, you know, that vision is really trying to push that needle forward in education. And really it goes to the, the what we were talking about, preparing the students today for the future of learning and the future of work that we will see. So I went with four, but it, it was a tough one. That's, that's a, a great question. Four, right? it, it, <laughs> it's hard. And we're blessed to know so many influential yes. people like that. And all of those people you named, they're amazing connectors. So you're not yes. just getting that tech rabbi, Michael Cohen. You're getting his whole network. You're getting Sava Kid Y, right? You're getting so many people in that network as well or jamie donnelly right you get the pathfinders and beyond right all these yes. amazing people with ar vr stem and uh just beyond uh, just wow yeah yeah <laughs> all right scott well thank you so much man i really appreciate it this really made my day like i said it filled my heart with joy to have you on the show and get to be able to have a heart to heart and just you being so open and genuine I, I really can't say that enough i know i've said it throughout the show but it really means a lot you know to be able to you know what you see is what you get and in the world of education that is something that is so so important and i thank you for that and thank you for the work you continue to do not only with canva but the work that you do in mentoring 
you know, other educators out there and helping other educators that may be thinking about transitioning or even those that are still looking for tips to, you know, get better at their craft and that you're always readily available to help and the fact that you are also an amazing connector. So that is something that's very important to build up our PLN and our PLF. So thank you so much, Scott, for your time today and everybody joining us today. Thank you so much, as always, for making My EdTech Life what it is today. Please make sure you visit our website at myedtech.life. Check out all our previous episodes. Please make sure you check out our merch store. We've got a new merch, uh, you know, store set up, some new uh, gear. Conference season is around the corner or just something for you to lounge in or something for you just to wear at an EdTech conference. Whatever it is that you'd like to do, go check it out. You know, it'd be great to just continue to help support our show. Please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on all socials as we will continually be putting out content. And these next two weeks, we've got a podcast today, you know, Monday through Thursday. So we've got eight shows coming up. You know, these and like Scott was saying, how do you find time to do what you do? I don't know. I just do it during summer break. (laughs) So we've got shows all next week, Monday through Thursday, the following week, Monday through Thursday. And then I'll take a week off to enjoy some of my summer vacation. But as always, looking forward to bringing you some amazing content. And as always, my friends, don't forget until next time. Stay techie.